there is hockey And then lots of pucks to be flung Chris Baker is always watching And in the bunker he's having fun Oh no, we're gonna skate down to Prospect Avenue Get info you require Oh, we're gonna skate down to Prospect Avenue Your hockey news supplier All right, everyone, I think we're good to go for another episode of the world famous Prospect Avenue podcast. I am your host, Chris Baker, here in the bunker in lovely Hamburg, New York. Date of recording, January 29th, 2024. The Sabres head off to the All-Star break, winners of two of three games on their West Coast road trip. So now they hit vacation, maybe play some golf get some margaritas and some pina coladas, but we will be right here in the bunker because there's a lot of ground to cover in the Sabres prospect ranks. We're about to hit the home stretch over in Sweden and Finland in those professional leagues. Before you know it, it'll be the home stretch in Canadian major junior and the playoff races will start to tighten in college. So there is no shortage of action to get to, and we're going to dive right in. But as always, before we begin, if you could please like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you listen on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, if you could please leave a five-star review. All right. We're going to begin tonight in the Western Hockey League because that's where goaltender Scott Ratzlaff of the Seattle Thunderbirds had a big night on Saturday with a career-high 62 saves as the Thunderbirds ended the eight-game winning streak of the Western Conference frontrunners, the Everett Silvertips, with a big 3-1 victory. Ratzlaff was sensational in this one, stopped his first 57 shots before a goal line scramble with 144 left, saw the puck get over the line, controversial goal call. It was under Ratzlaff's pad for a little bit, but they elected to allow the goal and end his shutout. And then Ratzlaff had to come back there in the final minute and a half or so and kill a penalty with Everett also having an extra attacker out there. So it was a six on four advantage. He held firm, finished with 62 saves, really big night for Ratzlaff. So now this was a goaltender. If you recall, right before Canada announced the world junior selection camp roster, he was starting to ramp up his game after kind of a shakier start to the season. So he really got his game back on the rails as the calendar was flipping from November to December, he goes off to team Canada doesn't play, but that's okay because it puts him in really a prime position to play a leading role at the world junior championship next season. But then he gets back and the calendar flips to 2024. He's now had eight starts in calendar year, 2024. He's faced over 35 shots in each of those eight starts, including two starts where he saw 40 plus shots, one start where he saw over 50 shots. And then on Saturday, of course, he faced over 60 in those eight starts. Ratzlaff has compiled a 933 save percentage. So he had a combined 96 saves over the weekend on Friday and Saturday that earned him the WHL goaltender of the week for the period of January 22nd through the 28th. So now Ratzlaff's going to come into February with a 12-14-1 record. He has a 3.31 goals against average and a 904 save percentage. He's one of three goaltenders in the Western Hockey League 
with a losing record, but has a save percentage over 90%. So it's good to see. This is a goaltender, seen a lot of minutes and a lot of rubber in Seattle. And as he gets more action, he seems to be more effective. He sees a lot of shots. Like I said, he stops a lot of shots. And um, he's doing a really good job out there. So really encouraging for the still 18-year-old netminder to hopefully have a nice, strong finishing kick here for Seattle. They're not out of it yet. They're near the bottom of the Western Conference standings, but they're just a couple points shy of that eighth and final playoff spot in the WHL Western Conference. So not out of it yet. And Ratzlaff keeping up his high level of play can only help the T-Bergs grab that final spot. We're going to stay on the World Junior flavor there for a little bit and get another update going here on Vecwa centerman Noah Ostlin. So Ostlin last week, he notched uh, two goals and an assist on Saturday in the Lakers' 5-1 win. Now, Ostlin, if you recall last week, he was sitting on a five-game point streak. That came to an end on Tuesday, but he got back on track in Saturday's win. And he now has multiple points in four of seven games since coming back from that really nice performance with Team Sweden at the World Junior Championship. He has 10 points in total in those seven games, and that's boosted his season productivity to 0.7 points per game, which if you recall, that's approaching that 0.75 points per game number that we had kind of assigned to him back in this, in the prospect Avenue European preview earlier this season. So good to see him ramping up nicely. We've talked ad nauseum about his pace. Um, his really precise, his passes are fast, crisp, accurate, really everything he does is really crisp execution wise. So now, you know, getting ready to come over to Rochester next year, just want to see him pack on a few more pounds of muscle onto that five eleven frame. But really good 200-foot player, real good range to his game, really nifty playmaker, having a really nice ramp up here for the top club in the Swedish Hockey League. He's playing in that third-line role right now, averaging, uh, in recent games anyways, just over 15 minutes of ice per, per game. And he's at an even 16 minutes time on ice average for the entire season. The man who he's trailing in the Sabres prospect ranks in terms of time on ice this season is Anton Wahlberg uh, as a junior age player anyways. And I want to just do a quick update there on Wahlberg. So he hasn't collected any points, Wahlberg, in his six games since returning from the World Junior Championship. But he is playing a leading role in those six games by averaging 19 minutes and 51 seconds. So had a really nice workload last week as the Red Hawks won two straight games. And that was important for Malmo to win those games because they are, uh, first of all, they had a six game losing streak, but secondly, they're chasing Rogla for that 10th place spot in the SHL. And that 10th place spot's really important because that's the last qualifier for the pre quarter final round in the SHL playoffs. Malmo has a winnable game coming up on Thursday against Oscar Shum, who's in last place. So hopefully they could overcome Rogla there get into that 10th spot and just have a better outlook on their chances of avoiding relegation. Wahlberg now with this boost in ice time, again, I mentioned in those six games, he's been averaging just shy of 20 minutes of work. He continues to lead all junior aged forwards in the SHL in terms of time on ice with 16 minutes and 59 seconds. So I just mentioned that Oslin is averaging 16 minutes flat 
as a junior aged forward in the SHL. He's second among junior aged forwards to Wahlberg. So both of those Sabres prospects, varying levels of production, but they are playing key roles, getting some good developmental minutes over there as junior age players. Now it'd be nice to get Wahlberg back on the score sheet and get him producing like Austin has coming back from the world juniors. But regardless, he's been making some really nice plays off the puck earning every bit of work that he's getting on Malmo's second line. We're going to keep going now here in the Amherst. We'll get to the AHL, I guess. So we talked a little bit about Victor Noichev in recent episodes of Prospect Avenue, and I think we're going to keep talking about Victor Noichev. So last week, he came into the action riding a six-game point streak. That came to an end on Friday as the Amherst were blanked by Utica. But Noichev rebounded really nicely on Saturday with a goal and two assists in Rochester's 7-4 victory over Laval. So Noichev in that one was bumped up on a line with Tyson Jost and Brett Murray. That line was excellent. And that's going to be a unit that's going to be really hard to break up with that trio combining for 10 points in that victory over the Rocket. And part of the reason for that line shuffle was uh, Brandon Byro being out of the lineup on Saturday. So he's day-to-day and uh, more to come on that. And as a result, by the way, of Byro being day-to-day, uh, Yuri Kulik slid back to center. So Kulik has been playing wing coming out of the World Juniors. He went back to center on a line with Lucas Rusek and Isak Rosane. Lucas Rusek had a 13-game point streak coming into the action last week. That point streak ended. And we'll see uh, if he can resume his production here with a new centerman if Byro remains out. Now, Yuri Kulik is currently on an eight-game goalless drought. And that ties for the longest goalless drought of Kulik's AHL career. He went eight games without a goal last November. So it'll be nice to see him get that dry spell ended here. And we we have to remember last season, you know, Kulik needing a little bit of runway to reset coming off the World Juniors. That's nothing new. Same thing happened last year when he got back. He had a couple of assists in those January games. And then when the calendar flipped to February, I think it was February 2nd last year was the first game that the Amherst played of that month. That's when Kulik started scoring goals at a torrid pace to finish the season. He carried it into the playoffs and again to the start of this season with the Amherst. So we'll see if Cooley can get that going as the calendar flips back into uh, to February, and we'll see if he does it as a centerman or if Byro comes back and Seth Appert elects to bounce Kulik back out to the wing spot. Another player from the Amherst that we mentioned in recent weeks was Nikita Novikov, and I think we should probably talk about him briefly here. Gave a shout-out to him recently, like I mentioned, and that big defenseman, He's been noticeable this season, not just because he's a big physical specimen. He's been noticeable because he's regularly jumping up into the play. And he flashed that dynamic again on Saturday where he joined the play, went right to the edge of the goal mouth and picked up his first North American pro goal. A couple minutes later, he jumped up again into the play and picked up an assist for his first multiple point night as an American Hockey League defenseman. And it's really good to see, you know, and He's definitely becoming more comfortable, and I think there's some reasons for that. Um, you know, you can sit there and look at the smaller ice surface that he's playing on here in North America and saying, okay, he can cover more ground. Maybe that brings out that attacking, 
layer to his game just by virtue of having less ground to cover. Maybe there's something to that. But, you know, I think that it's no coincidence, both with Noichev and Novikov really starting to ramp up their production and they're just more noticeable. It's they're more comfortable here now. They're picking up the language more. They're part of the team more. They've earned the respect of their teammates and it helps to produce, but it's really not shocking to see these young Russians really starting to come out of their shell. They're able to communicate more effectively. Noichev didn't speak really a lick of English when he came over here. And Novikov had a little bit of a head start um, with the language. But, you know, it was great to see over the weekend. I think it's just really cool. He had the big game, the two-point night. They brought him out for post-game press availability. He stood in the line of fire and took the questions. Some of them were short answers, but... He did a really good job addressing the press. He only had to look to the side to get some help with understanding or interpreting some of the questions maybe once or twice in those couple of minutes of media availability. So I just think it was really good to see. I love the progress both on and off the ice that we're seeing from these Russian players down there on the farm under Seth Appert's watch. So we're going to bounce out now. Uh, we talked a little bit about Kulik. I wanted to mention that. Lucas Rusek talked about his point streak ending. And by the way, with Rusek, it's never always going to be about the points with him. You know, he's a dogged worker out there. He gets his points from hard work and effort, using speed to take away time and space from his checks. You know, just a committed two-way player. And it's important to note, again, he'll get some points by virtue of having the effort. He's not the prettiest player. He's a dog for sure, but I love watching him play because he's just out there applying a lot of energy every time he hops over the boards. But it's important to note that he's doing a lot of things right there down on the farm here because he's on that one-way contract next year. And I think the Sabres want to see uh, Rusek be one of those guys that rounds out the bottom of the lineup next year at the NHL level. So whether or not he sticks with Kulik and Rosane or if Byro comes back and then, you know, Rusek uh, rides shotgun with Byro. Either way, he's going to be a very important piece here down the stretch for the Amherst. And I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that accordingly. So we've been talking a lot about point streaks. And um, we should probably transition into talking about Sevalad Komarov up in the QMJHL because he's been on a little bit of a heater here with a nine-game point streak. So big right shot defenseman. He picked up a power play goal and two assists two Sundays ago in Drummondville's 8-5 win over his former team, the Quebec Remparts. He followed that up on Friday with a goal and three helpers, so a big four-point night. And that earned Komarov a spot on the QMJHL's team of the week for the second consecutive week. So Komarov, if you recall, about a month ago, a little over a month ago now, he was traded from Quebec to Drummondville. He's picked up five goals and 19 assists in 16 games since being dealt to the Volts. So now through 38 games, Komarov is leading all QMJHL defenders with 43 points and also 73 penalty minutes. He ranks third among Q defenders with 125 shots on goal. Now, the offensive production, it's nice to see his junior age player, um, but it's really his defensive play, his physicality that really stands out. That's what has him, for me anyways, earmarked as a pretty compelling NHL prospect. He's going to need to adjust to the speed, you know, maybe dial in or calibrate that two-way range to his game when he turns pro, and that's going to take some time. But it's that size that he has that reach, that rugged mentality that really could see him become at some point after some seasoning on the farm, 
a really just sturdy right side piece at the NHL level. Again, continued development. It's going to take some time, but I wanted to mention it because I'm just, I don't think he's going to be the super dynamic point producer and big offensive dynamo that he is at the queue when he turns pro. Um, I just wanted to maybe set some proper expectations. I mean, stranger things could happen. Um, you know, he could, he's going to pick up his share of points. I just don't think he's going to be like this leading point getter amongst blue liners in the league by any means when he makes the jump to North American professional hockey. So we'll keep it going here. Uh, this is not going to be the longest edition of Prospect Avenue. I think that's okay for a lot of you. Sabres are on break. You probably want to be on, be on break as well here in the midpoint of the season. So we're going to keep the train moving, and we're going to go over to the Western Hockey League real quick and check in just real quickly on Matthew Savoy because we're on the theme of point streaks, and he kept his going last week. He's now at a 15-game point streak. Um, so a couple games over the weekend. And he picked up a combined three assists in those games, had the shootout winner on Friday. So Savoy, he's stuck there at the center position since being dealt from Wenatchee to Moose Jaw. He's got some solid line mates there, and he's producing, getting a lot of power play time, as you can imagine, even doing some, some secondary PK work as well there for the Warriors. But another three points last week, Savoy continues to lead the Western Hockey League with 2.18 points per game. Staying in the Western League, just real quick here, a brief update on Mats Lindgren. So I had mentioned last week that he missed a few games there with an undisclosed injury. He came back into the Red Deer lineup on Friday and Saturday. And in those two games, he picked up a goal and three assists to help the Rebels to a pair of victories. And that's important to note. You know, he comes back, he plays a big role for Red Deer. So nice to see him step back in and resume his production. He's now on a four-game point streak, and the Rebels are now running hot with a nine-game winning streak out there in the Western League. So good to see them ramping up at the right time here. They want to close the season um, and keep it going here down the stretch and hopefully take a run in the WHL playoffs. It's going to be tough for them. Um, team you know, hasn't scored a ton of goals this year. Um, their power play hasn't it's been you know on and off but it certainly helps to have Lindgren in that lineup because he is a key puck mover and a key shot generator from the center point there for Red Deer on the power play. So nice to see him, like I said, get back in action last week and keep his production humming. We're going to end this week's episode of Prospect Avenue just by tying up some loose ends on some topics that we discussed last week. So if you recall, Western Michigan centerman Matteo Costantini entered last week riding a 12-game point streak. That unfortunately came to an end on Friday and Saturday. He went without a point over the weekend as the Broncos were swept at home by Colorado College. So Western Michigan now slides down to the number 15 spot in the NCAA men's hockey rankings. Costantini will look to uh, resume his production here. He's been having a great season, just couldn't make it happen last week on home ice. And last but not least, we mentioned Viljami Mariala last week. So he signed the one-year extension with TPS Turku, but also mentioned that he's been chasing TPS's rookie scoring record of 38 points set in 2018-2019 by Capo Caco. Mariala went without a point in three games last week, so he remains at nine goals and 26 points for the season. So... He's chasing that record, but now with 14 games left to play, 
with 26 points. He needs 12 points in those 14 games to tie Kako's record. He needs 13 points in those last 14 games to set the new record for TPS as a rookie scorer. And it's, he has a shot. Um, Four of those remaining 14 games for TPS are against Saipa, HPK, and JYP. Those are the three teams that are at the bottom of the league of standings. And Mariala has a multiple point game against each of those three teams. So we'll see if he can get hot here down the stretch and get to that 39 points and break that record of Kakos at 38. And you can bet that we'll be providing the updates here on Prospect Avenue. That's it. We're at the 20 minute mark. I think that's a nice comfortable spot here on this all-star break edition of the Prospect Avenue podcast. As always, I thank you for joining here every week and I look forward to seeing you again next time.